Today on the newscast, how desperate is President Biden to revive that disastrous Iran nuclear deal? Is he so desperate that he would remove the most radical faction of the Iranian regime from a terror blacklist? Find out next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. It is noon here on the east coast of the United States and we have breaking news about a shooting rampage in Brooklyn at a subway station there. Now, we don't have many details yet. What we do know is that at least 13 people have been wounded. Five people were shot by a man. Authorities say he was a black man, about five foot five inches tall, wearing an orange vest and a gas mask, reportedly, and opened fire on a subway platform and may have thrown some smoke grenades as well. Again, we don't have a lot of details yet as I record this at 12 noon Eastern time. By the time you watch it, we may have much more and perhaps, hopefully, this suspect will be apprehended. We don't know his motivations yet. Was it a terror attack? We just don't know, but I wanted you to know that I am very aware of what happened this morning in Brooklyn. I'm keeping a very close eye on it. And when we get new details and some more verifiable reports on it, we will certainly bring it to you here on the Watchman Newscast. In the meantime, what we do know all too well is that the Biden administration is seeking to revive that disastrous Iran nuclear deal. Now, a quick update for you. Uh, the talks in Vienna have been put on hold. Of course, the Iranian regime, along with the United States, Britain, France, Germany, China, and Russia working overtime the past few months to resuscitate that disastrous Iran nuclear deal that President Trump rightly uh, pulled the United States out of back in 2018. But from the moment he took office in January 2021, President Biden has made pretty clear that he is hell-bent and, I'd say, obsessed on re-entering America uh, into this deal and weakening the United States and the West and the Arab world and the Middle East as a whole in a very considerable way and strengthening the hand of the Iranian regime like never before. Again, we've documented all of that for you here on the newscast. There is a pause in those Vienna talks. They are very close, reportedly, to sealing the deal, the Iran nuclear deal, the new version, new but not improved, even worse. Yet the big holdup seems to be the reluctance of the United States to remove Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps from the terror blacklist. Now, apparently Iran is saying, if we come back to Vienna, if we come back to the table, we're only coming there for one reason, and that is to sign the deal to complete the deal. We're at the finish line here, but America, you must delist the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps. That appears to be the sticking point, and there is apparently a great debate inside the White House and inside the Biden administration about removing the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps, IRGC for short, from that terror blacklist. Now, on one hand, we've had some encouraging reports in the past few days that Biden is saying, no, we're not going to remove them. But folks, you have to read between the lines here on a few levels. Uh, number one, he has been so determined to revive this deal against all common sense, against all wisdom, that you have to think that he's going to find some way to still make the deal work and that they will deal with the IRGC designation. Along those lines, General Mark Milley, 
the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You may remember him from the Afghanistan debacle last August. Uh, he was one of the point men on that. Uh, he testified the other day before Congress that he believes the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps Quds Force should not be removed from the terror list. Did you catch that? Not the IRGC writ large, but a specific arm of the IRGC, the Quds Force. That's who Milley says should not be removed. Will that be the wiggle room that the Biden administration needs, where they say, well, we're going to keep the Quds Force on there, but we will remove the IRGC? Is that the bone that the administration throws to the Iranian regime? Folks, the two are essentially indistinguishable. The Quds Force, yes, is the tip of the spear for the IRGC's terror operations around the world. To give you an idea of what they're all about, Qasem Soleimani, the not-so-dearly-departed terror mastermind who was eliminated in a U.S. drone strike in January 2020, he led Iran's Quds Force. That is their external terror apparatus. Think of what Iran is doing through proxy in places like Yemen, Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon, and Gaza, the Quds Force, again, tip of the spear for those external terror operations, not only in the region, but around the world. So what the Biden administration may do, they may do this, is walk a fine line and say, well, we'll, we'll remove the IRGC, but the Quds Force, you know, we got to keep them designated. Folks, that's not good enough because the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps, the IRGC, I've compared them to uh, the Gestapo. Some have compared them to the SS in terms of their role in the Iranian regime, I would argue much more powerful than both the Gestapo and the SS. Number one reason why, the IRGC has its finger on the nuclear button, essentially. When that button, if and when, God forbid, that button would be available to the Iranian regime, the IRGC controls Iran's nuclear weapons program. They answer only to Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Khamenei. As I mentioned, they're in charge of Iran's terror operations in the Middle East against Israel, against the U.S., and around the world on every continent, practically. And they also have a huge stake in the Iranian economy. They are an all-consuming force inside of Iran, and they are the vanguard of the Iranian regime. Again, key point, they only answer to Ayatollah Khamenei, Iran's supreme leader. Essentially, folks, the IRGC is unaccountable. Uh, writ large, and they have their own military wing that operates separately from Iran's conventional military. This is a powerful, powerful force, the most destabilizing force in the entire Middle East, and they are a problem on a global scale. So this should be a non-starter for the Biden administration, right? No way would we ever remove the IRGC from the terror blacklist, but folks, I can assure you, the Biden administration has come this far now, round after round of talks in Vienna, releasing billions of dollars in sanctions relief to the Iranian regime back in February. The appeasement train is well down the line and well down the tracks, and they want this deal to happen. They're determined. Essentially, they are saying, Iranian regime, we don't have time to deal with you right now. We have a radical left domestic agenda we want to focus on, and we keep getting pulled into all these global disasters, whether it's Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iran, nuclear, uh, here's billions and billions of dollars in sanctions relief. Please just leave us alone. That's basically the tact of the Biden administration on this. I'm sorry, that's what they're trying to do. And they are determined to make the Iran nuclear problem go away. 
but it's not going to go away. The appeasement that they are pushing right now via this Iran deal will only embolden and empower the Iranian regime, and it will only make war more and not less likely because Israel and Israeli officials in Jerusalem right now, they're watching all of this unfold very closely. And if a disastrous deal is revived, and by the way, the deal would only last for about two and a half years, and it's just kicking the can down the road for a few years, and then Iran breaks out and drives for the bomb. If that happens, you will see Israel act, folks, and under no circumstances will Israel allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons. It's a non-starter. On the Israeli political scene, there isn't a lot of agreement these days, but one thing all factions can agree on, Iran can never possess nuclear weapons. So you do the math. But on one hand, as I said, Biden administration leaking to the press saying, hey, we're not going to remove the IRGC. And by the way, there's been major pressure from members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, even some Democrats, some of Biden's fellow Democrats, shockingly, are saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't remove the IRGC from the terror blacklist. We had a letter sent to Biden as well this week by 70 Iran experts, uh, former administration officials, etc., saying, don't do this. So on one hand, okay, that's encouraging, and maybe he's listening, but on the other hand, he's so invested in this, folks. He is so all in on this Iran deal. Not only him, but his team, which is whispering in his ear, they're so all in on this Iran deal that you have to think that they're going to try to find a way to make it work. It ultimately might not work, but if the Revolutionary Guard's core terror designation is the sticking point, I can assure you right now, sadly, the Biden team is working feverishly to try and figure out a way to still make it work and to get around that. We're keeping a very close eye on it, no doubt. We'll have updates on that, on the Brooklyn situation, when we have more details. Now, it's no secret that Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps poses a profound threat not only to the United States, but of course to Israel. And before we go today, we want to share a way that you can bless Israel and the Jewish people. Jews around the world will observe Passover beginning on April 15th, later this week. But this year's Passover will be extremely difficult for some, including Ukrainian Jewish refugees who've left everything behind because of war. A great organization called Mayor Panin that we are proud to partner with here on the Watchman Newscast is stepping into the gap and helping these refugees at this very important time of the year. Here's more on what they're doing and how you can help. Passover is the holiday of freedom. It marks the Jewish people leaving their suffering in Egypt to be a free people in the land of Israel. Today, another group of Jewish people are fleeing their suffering to return to Zion. I'm talking about the Jewish refugees of Ukraine. Just like the ancient Israelites, many of them had to flee in exile, leaving everything behind. That's why many Jewish refugees from Ukraine can't afford to eat this Passover holiday. But you can change that by supporting Mer Panim. Mer Panim is Israel's premier restaurant-style soup kitchen providing warm meals for Israelis who can't afford them. This year, the team at Mayor Panim is working to ensure that each refugee celebrates their freedom with a festive Seder meal. Don't let them go hungry this Passover. Show your support by donating to Mayor Panim today.
folks, I see partnering with Mayor Panim as fulfilling that biblical mandate laid out in Genesis 12, 3 to bless Israel and the Jewish people. So I encourage you to support their great work. Hey, join us tomorrow for our Watchman Newscast live stream between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern time right here on the channel. We're going for a full hour and I will be taking your questions. So be sure to send along some good ones for our Q&A session. Until tomorrow, thanks so much for joining us here on the Watchman Newscast. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.